You're listening to the Traffic and Funnel Show. Hey guys, this is Alan, producer of the TNF Show. In today's episode, Chris sits down with Nicholas Barely of the Billion Dollar Body Podcast to discuss his time as a missionary, becoming a person who can help more people, and learning how to enjoy what you do. If you haven't done so already, visit trafficandfunnels.com slash subscribe to receive a free gift from us, and also get access to special deals on our next level paid products. All right, enough jibber-jabbering on my part. Let's get to it. Chris, welcome to the BDB podcast, man. Nicholas, what's up? I made it. I was over somewhere else in another room. I was like, man, I don't know what's going on here, but yeah, I, sent I found Google my room. way to you. I'm glad you're not one of those guys that thinks, man, because it didn't work, like it must not be meant to be, you know, and then you don't even get on the show. And, and we were even just talking before this. I was like, I didn't, I didn't want to interview this guy. I was like, oh, I don't know about this guy. And this was years ago, maybe, maybe He's a sketch. year and a half. I was like, I don't know. Like, Another one of those guys, traffic, oh, and they say funnels and all this stuff. But then yeah. I had a few close friends that were doing great in business, had grown from some of your guys' teachings, and they just continually said nice things about you. And generally, it's easy to say nice things about people from a distance. You see them on ads and you have perception and they're doing well, they're making money. So you say, oh, they're amazing, they're great. But as you get to know them, you start seeing flaws. Russell Brunson once told me, don't ever get to know your heroes because then you'll realize they're regular people. Yeah. And as these people got closer to you guys, in particular you, Chris, they continually said nice things. And so thank you, AJ, Daniel, Robbie, and, and a few others as well. And so you must be doing something really, really well. And that's what I'm excited to extract from you today. Or I just paid them money, you know, AJ. I'm pretty sure they paid you money, man. So I don't know unless <laughs> maybe we'll just get into persuasion. How did you yeah. get people to pay you money and say nice things about you? Yeah. And when I was really mean to them. No, no, I mean, it's, it's great uh, just being able to connect with you and, and obviously successful people in the industry. It's always a lot of fun just to talk business and life. And, you know, listen, everybody that's listening to this, it's, it's so easy to get on Lonely Island. You're out there, you're building a business, you've got a family, you've got a lot of things going on. And that's why I always appreciate the time to connect with other successful entrepreneurs. And you have a family, right? Yeah, my son's seven months. Son, seven months. He's not savage status yet. I've got three boys and they're yeah. absolute savage animals. But um, no, man, it's always good to connect. I'm excited for that though. I want, he's just starting to smash things. Like when he's, he's just able to sit up and he's like, bop, 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 bop. Oh, just and wait, it, dude. Just oh, wait. <laughs> I'm excited for it. So real quick, I've never asked this before, I, I don't think. And I've done maybe 300 plus episodes. What's, what's some of your favorite things to really talk about? Is it really business is your favorite thing? Or are there other things that you really enjoy talking about that you never really get to say because you're always talking about business and, and stuff like that? Man, I love, I do love business, but I love uh, the business of business. And for me, the business of business is growth as a person, growth as a leader. And obviously that expands into life. And I think so many times, entrepreneurs, CEOs, they say, they say very compartmentalized in their life and they don't understand how important it is, I think, to be holistically healthy. And I think there's not a lot of people out there really talking about that. You know, it's not enough just to be a successful entrepreneur, but how can you equally be successful at home as a husband, as a dad, you know, as a brother? You know, obviously most of your audience is dudes. So, I would typically like to include the females, but on the random chance that a female is listening to this, you know, successful wife and, and, and mom and all that kind of stuff. 
So I'm, I'm open to have those conversations. I love having those conversations because that is who we are, right? We're not just the CEO. We're not just the entrepreneur. We're not just the marketing director or, you know, the real estate investor. We are also husbands and fathers. And I think to have health and be successful long-term, it's very, very wise to have success and invest and nurture, not just in the business, but also with your family you know, your spouse and your kids and spiritually and in your health and stuff like that. And, and we've seen so many people who have been taken out of the game or have not made the right decisions. And you see their, they've been successful. Like they've got the Ferrari, they've got the nice house. I've got a great business, but they're getting divorced or their kids don't like them. Or, you know, to me, that's not success. And so I'm open to, to dive into that if, if you want to, but um, yeah, I enjoy talking about that stuff. Well, I, I just think it's so important for people to know if you're listening and you listen to what Chris says and, and you follow some of the things that they've done, it's, it allows your ceiling to become other people's floor, something where they can take off where you've built up to. And there is some art to business. Like you have to, you I know that you run a sales company, marketing. There's some level of familiarity. Once you get, you have to, you can learn all about sales. I used to have people talk to me about sales. I was intimidated. They knew all the rebuttals, like they knew everything. And then all of a sudden I would sponsor an event, have them come out and they couldn't sell anything because they knew how to talk about it, but they hadn't really learned how to walk in it. And so there is a little bit of that, but also there's just the science that if they follow maybe some of your guys' ad strategies, there's a very good chance that mathematically they can sell stuff and they can create a business. Yet on top of that, there's other things that that inside of our life can derail us from that. So I'll, I'll shelf that real quick. You have marketing. That's probably what people have seen if you've seen traffic and funnels, funny ads, not funny ads, serious ads, blown up ads. Like you have so many different funny creatives and then a sales company, which are too interesting to me because it looks like this is a problem solving companies because a lot of people struggle with getting traffic and converting traffic. Tell me a little bit about your entrepreneur journey leading up to were you always great at traffic and sales or was it something you had to figure out and you started seeing there was issues? Take me through why is that a huge focus with your two different companies? Yeah, so it was a necessity to learn it. Um, I, uh, I actually, I started learning traffic generation strategies because I had a garage door business knew nothing about the industry, but I had a friend. I've always been kind of entrepreneurial. I'm a rule breaker. I always color outside the lines and I just don't accept mediocrity for myself. So back in the day, um, I had a friend who had a garage door company. I was like, man, you should open up and expand in Charlotte because it's a great market. He was like, no, dude, you should do it. I was like, okay, I don't know anything about it, but hey, that sounds good. So anyways, back then, you could just get an ad out on the phone book and get the phone ringing. So initially, that's what I did. I would just take the calls, and I'm just good with people. I can have a conversation, and people feel good with me. So I would get them on the phone, sell them, and then I would outsource the work to his team because he lived about an hour away. And that's how I got started. And when people stopped using phone books, I had to figure out how to keep the phone ringing. So I just started doing research. I found out about SEO, got really good at that, and then... Google changed how they did things and the algorithm and, and uh, that was not dependable. So I discovered paid advertising. I heard someone say, um, you know, if you can spend a dollar on ads and make $2 back, you'll never have to worry about money again. And dude, that was a a massive revelation for me. 
especially being someone who came from a middle-class family. My dad was in the military. After he retired, he was in real estate and just kind of, we just struggled for as long as I can remember. And I was a missionary before I came back and started that business. So financially just always struggled. So the, you know, the thought of never having to worry about money again was, I was just going to chase that until I figured it out. And I did. So I got really good at paid advertising, start, started doing it for clients, running Facebook ads, Google ads, and, and, and just got well known for it. And then in 2015, I met Taylor, who's my business partner now. He was really good at writing copy, building funnels. And we just got together. I was good on the ad side, building infrastructure for launches. And he suggests like, dude, what if we started a company together? You know, you're on the ads, I'm on the copy side, the funnel side. All right, well, I'll at least explore it. And I saw that he was as equal um, in work ethic and grind as me and, and passion and, and drive. And so um, towards the end of 2015, we started and it just exploded. Um, so we, were, we had an agency. We were doing done for you. We were actually running people's stuff. And then we said, you know, this isn't super scalable. Maybe we should start consulting, showing people our systems and methodologies and how we do it. Um, and that's what we did, man. And, and so 2016, January 1, we went full-time trafficking funnels. Like you said, that's really what we're known for. Um, and we grew that business to seven figures a month within a couple of years. And uh, man, it's been a wild ride. After, after that and through that process, we figured out how to sell. <laughs> and, you know, we've gone out and tried to find really good sales training. Obviously, there's a lot of old school stuff. But I feel like we're in a new age, new market new generation, you know, you deal with younger folks. I think people are just different. People have evolved. And so we didn't really find anything out there that suited kind of our style and how we wanted to be to the marketplace. And so out of that, we sales mentors born, which is our sales training organization that you were just talking about. And that has blown up and it's, we consult huge companies and gurus through that organization. Um, now we have, we're in a position where we've got healthy companies that are generating a lot of cash. You know what? We don't want to be at a place where we're required to work five or 10 years from now. And so I have a background in real estate and so does Taylor. Um, we decided last year, you know what, let's start a real estate investing company so that we can store this stuff for long-term passive wealth building. So we launched a real estate company June of last year. And now we have a big team for that and it's growing and doing really well. So Man, we've got a lot going on. One, one cool we're, thing I want to a lot of fun. I want to point out is that every single one of the companies, you you were taking action, and then all of a sudden opportunities came. But also, you saw that the traffic. Okay, well now we're learning sales, and a lot of times you're using similar pots of audiences. You know, then all of a sudden you make all these people a lot of money, and they're successful. Now they can invest in the real estate fund, but they're not okay, let's go start a window washing company now that has total different demographic, total different city, total different audience. You've built upon, and I've interviewed Peshman Gadime, as for instance, who has Watch Conspiracy. It's a different name now. Watch Flipping, uh, Exotic Car Hacks, and an investment fund of $80 million that invests in art and, and watches. And all of that's the same info broken down and the same people, mm -hmm. same audiences. He has a $3 million a year company that's 80% profit that's from the same audiences yeah. because it was just something else that they wanted. So I think that's very interesting. And whether that happened naturally, which I'm sure it did, uh, along with the art of it, 
quick question though. We have a mutual friend, Jay Abraham. I know he's helped a lot. He's helped us a ton, but also you said missionary. Tell me about this. Cause I don't know if you know, my wife and I, we went to 13, 14 different countries together. And that's what inspired us to start our business. No one could afford to serve the poor. It was the weirdest thing. Everyone was raising support to go overseas. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. They want to like live their life in a garbage dump, helping people. And they can't even afford to go out there. Like yeah. this is just, just messed up. Tell me about that. What did you do before starting this uh, garage door business? Yeah, my wife and I were missionaries in Europe and we've been around the world, Africa, Asia. Her parents were missionaries in Thailand. Um, we've been involved in anti-human trafficking stuff, um, which is you know, pretty huge in, in Europe. Um, so we, we lived overseas for about three years. And I mean, that was our story. We were broke as a joke. We were pretty depleted. Some of the best years of our lives, but we didn't have a lot of resources to impact as many people that we wanted to. And um, so the organization and team that we were part of in Europe, just it completely hit the fan, fell apart, some issues with leadership and stuff. And so we came back, man, pretty tore up and disillusioned because we'd given years of our life to this and this mission to impact people. Um, and it kind of just crumbled in front of us. So it came back, didn't know what to do. And then we were in survival for years, survival mode. And I think people operate in one of three modes, survival, uh, thriving or impact. And so, and I think it's, it's financially, physically, their health, emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. And so I would say that we are depleted in pretty much every area. And just out of my drive and ambition to be a great husband and a supporter for my kids, just got into to work, got into the mortgage real estate industry and just try to figure it out, man. I, I didn't want to do what we were doing before. And that was working and try to impact people from a place of depletion, exhaustion and survival. That's not sustainable. So I started getting into business and having some success. It's like, man, this is what I need. I need to focus on this to get myself to a place where I'm so abundant, so healthy in every area of my life that my impact can be exponential. Right. And so now I'm at a place where uh, I'm able to duplicate myself, how I think, how I respond to situations, uh, the ability to see the need and also impact others, but also the financial aspect where now I'm able to contribute to these amazing organizations around the world, uh, widows and orphans and people who are victims of human trafficking, uh, more money now than I've ever been able to previously in my life because I have the investment in my businesses and obviously the dividends at that pace, you know? So now I'm here and now I feel like we we're kind of in a place where we're moving into impact zone where I've got the experience of the business stuff, figuring out how to be a leader, how to persuade people, how to motivate people, how to get people to take action. And so my impact and for my life story, I think will be way greater and bigger and, and the potential is way higher now because of my experience walking through business and all the itch that I've had to walk through and figure out um, way more than you know, if I had just stayed a missionary. Because we employ about 100 people. We, you know, we have a lot of responsibility, a lot of things that, that we have to make the right decisions on. And so my thinking ability, my acting ability to, to act on the right things and the right time and stuff is, is just being sharpened because it's a necessity. It's a requirement. 
So now we're looking at how can we take this stuff and impact way more people? Not just in business, but in life. What's up, guys? If you're smart, you know that your time is the most valuable asset you have. It's funny. We have thousands of clients all over the world, and most of them spend their time before getting to us wasting it on free training after free training after free training, learning from people who have never actually gotten the results they want in their life in the first place. So here's what I know is true about you. One, if you want to build a successful client business, then I know number two, you're likely using your time the wrong way. You probably feel like you work a lot. Maybe you feel a little burned out. Maybe you feel like you're not earning the amount of income that is equal to the amount of effort you're putting in. And number three, I know that if someone could show you a way to work less and earn more, you'd probably take it. But if that way was free, you'd probably take it in a heartbeat. So I've got a training for you. It's about an hour. If you can invest an hour of your time, I could save you the next four years of toil figuring out how to do it right. Get more clients, get better clients, earn more per client and ultimately have control over your business maybe for the first time in your life. I've done it for myself and we've done it for about 5,000 other clients as well. Check out this free training. It will cost you nothing except for being poor. It'll cost you being poor. You have to trade being poor for being rich. Anyways, this is a joke. Just hop in. Let's see you inside. Visit trafficandfunnels.com slash holy grail. That's trafficandfunnels.com slash holy grail. Yo, what's up, crew? Taylor Welch here. And if you're a fan of this show and you want to get a little bit deeper in your commitment to your business and your growth and your revenue, head over to trafficandfunnels.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you're going to get a free gift from us just to help you grow your business. And it's our way of saying thank you for joining the family. Our exclusive offers and deals usually show up to this subscriber community as well. So you'll get first dibs access on anything new, anything exciting. And most of the time, that means profitability for you. Visit trafficandfunnels.com slash subscribe. I'll see you on the inside, my friends. I want to go through the series of events of, I feel that sometimes when people are maybe a missionary like I was as well, it was immediate. You know, it didn't take any skill to love people and to serve people. It took a heart. Whereas in business, that takes more than just heart, you know, that takes a skill set. And that was a very hard transition for me. But you're thinking longer term and bigger impact, but it takes seeing that you're not just going to work forever. I, I made a post. So I want to get through that series to capture a vision for the other guys, right? I want to create a vision for them to be able to put on the inside of themselves that's bigger than just working or just serving people right now. So let's go back to that. But before that, I made a post the other day that was just a funny post about Jeff Bezos. If you make like $200,000 a day since Christ was born, you wouldn't be as rich as Jeff Bezos. 200 grand every day since Christ was born. And I thought, wow, this is like really mind-boggling, weird, insane. So I post it, and one of the weirdest things happened that I've ever seen, and I want to touch on this. They, a lot of people said, yeah, yeah, but what is it to, to make all the money in the world and lose your soul? Gain the world and lose your soul. Or is he happy? Oh, yeah. They, there was always something to like disqualify the one thing that was supposed to be like, you, there's a lot. Like, if you think making a hundred thousand bucks a month is a lot, well, then you're like, let's get a little bit of a bigger vision. And so that must have been something as well when you were transitioning from being a missionary. I, I see this all the time that I want to touch on is that people will be like, yeah, yeah, but it's not about th- that, the money, but they still work a job for 40 to 80 hours every single week, barely yep. scraping by. And that's honorable somehow 
And it's awesome. I'm glad that they're not just sitting there trying to collect unemployment right now while it's, there's more money to be had. But for you, how did you get a bigger vision and start thinking, man, I want to make a lot of money working less time. Do it now. You know what I mean? Like, how do we, how did you shift that mindset from it's honorable to work 40 hours to provide for my family or 80 hours and barely get by and shift that mindset of, oh, if you make a lot of money, are they happy? Oh, you know, what is it to gain the world and you'll lose your soul and all this freaking stuff that I saw? I was mind boggled. I'm like, that has nothing to do with it. What is your, what is your background in the organization, you know, missions? Yeah. So I went to Bethel school of ministry okay. and That's I all went I need for to two years and yeah. And so, uh, yeah, we were signs, wonders, miracles, traveling yeah. all over. All right. So charismatic evangelical. Yeah. Um, I think that for me, man, I've always pushed the boundaries. I've always, I just don't accept the first answer. And I think that, man, yeah, I, I get that whole thing. Obviously, growing up in that, I think it's just BS. And real quick, I want to give context. Like, I didn't grow up in church, and I think that a lot of people listening to this probably think that they don't have a problem with this, this thought. But I even catch myself sometimes like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that he makes, you know, seven, like a million dollars a day. But yeah, like I wonder how him and his wife are doing. You know, like there's something always a disqualifier because it's like poking at our own insecurities. So I just, I want to broaden it even more that if you feel like you don't deal with this, well, then you probably do deal with it. So, because I, I even catch myself sometimes just being like an idiot with this kind of stuff. So please keep yeah. it. If you've ever been in church, especially Western American church, probably at any level, but especially charismatic, Pentecostal, evangelical, um, there's a lot of this. And I think it just comes down to people aren't willing to step outside their comfort zone. And that has to do with their insecurity, their ego, the potential to fail, to face the reality of who they are. And so they use these justifications and their justifications could be, Oh, I bet their marriage sucks or, Oh, you know, they are, they're serving money or they're worshiping, you know, they probably don't even spend time with their kids. (laughs) Right. They're terrible human beings. And the fact of the matter is that could be true, but also cannot be true, you know? And I think that we are in a place, especially in America where uh, most often we serve debt. And we serve things that aren't really the things that we should serve. Um, And then we justify our situation, right? Which is not necessarily good. That dude could be serving money. Like that could be the truth, but you also could be serving your ego. And you as in general, anybody listening to this, right? By not stepping out of your comfort zone. And you could be serving your insecurity. You could be serving who you've been for the last five years versus who you can be a year from now. And so I think people, when they start to shift, so for me and what I tell my team, it's like, you know, we, we had to basically break down sales mentor business that we started last year because the team wasn't right. Just things weren't clicking. So we broke it down and got to like four grand a month in revenue. And so rebuilt the team end of last year, beginning of this year. Um, February, we did like 30 grand in revenue. In July, we just did seven figures. So from February to July, 
a very steep growth curve. So the team's like hyped out of their minds. And um, to me, it's like, that's not it, right? It's the process. It's the journey. It's who we are becoming from a million a month, two million, three million, not just who we're becoming, but how we behave, right? And I think that's the thing that people miss, and especially in the context of money. So many entrepreneurs, they, they first get into it to serve their ego, whether it's positive or negative, right? And they're not, a, they're not willing to deal with who they currently are right now that's not serving their future self, their future potential, they're not willing to have difficult conversations, even if there's different opinions about money or about business or about the ethics or about whatever. And so I think a lot of it, man, is just protection. These conversations, this, this stuff is they're protecting who they're not willing to become. You said something really cool about just almost justifying where we're at. You know, we try to like protect to make us not feel bad or look at the reality of where we're at. You know, there's and and the reality is there's always going to be someone better as well. So that there is that being happy and grateful for where you're at. Because you say a million dollars a month in multiple companies are eight figures, but then you know we look at the bank account of Apple and it's like, holy crap, like that and the employees and all these different things. There's always someone to compare yourself to. So that's obviously not beneficial either. So what's the balance of that? Do you think being inspired and seeing what's possible and reaching your full potential in comparison? with other people um, because that's not good either. You'll put yourself in a pond of people that are either worse than you or the same as you, but we want to be in ponds or oceans of people that are a lot better than us, but in a way that inspires us, not puts people down. How do we do that? Well, one thing just on the previous topic first is, it, you know, excuse me, it's a direct correlation of value that's being brought to the world. The value that I'm bringing into the world versus most people in that post is exponential. It's way greater. Right. I mean, the, the amount of people that we're teaching how to become producers and value contributors to the world and just the ripple effect that it has. And so I think that's one thing, too, is ask yourself, what kind of value am I bringing to the world? Right? Typically, when you focus on bringing value to the world in a huge way, you're going to reap tremendous rewards. So even Jeff Bezos, he's bringing tremendous value to the world. Right. To a lot of people. So obviously he's being rewarded for it. Now we could have discussions and stuff about capitalism and capitalism and, you know, the issues of regulation. And I think those are good discussions to have, especially when you have potential monopolies, but you know, as for people who are, who are watching this, ask yourself, is there more value that I can bring? And what I think if you're an open person, you have an open mindset versus a fixed mindset, then you realize that, yeah, there's definitely, are you like, you're, you're already capped at who you can become as a person, the value that you can bring to the world. I'm at a place now where I can write a check for $30,000 to an anti-human trafficking organization. Because the value, the work that I've put in to help other people, right? So the person who's in the, the comments, you know, they're, they're just all negative or they're trolling. I bet if we were to look at their bank account, you could see where their heart is. Right? Totally. So that's something for everybody just to ask. But it is in relation to your other question. In comparison, you know, we used to compare ourselves to other people all the time. And I think it's a dangerous trap because it's just not appropriate. 
your story, your history, your background, your experiences, just different than mine. Now, what I think that you should compare yourself to is you get a vision of yourself three months from now, six months from now, 12 months from now, financially, physically, spiritually, relationally, emotionally. What is that person? What does Nicholas 2.0 look like? That's who you compare yourself to. That's how you measure your performance. That's how you measure your behaviors. Not Chris Evans, not against Joe Blow, not against Taylor Welch, against yourself, your better version, a vision that you have. The problem is people don't have that vision, right? Because one, they just haven't been taught or they haven't taken the time to realize, study, read books on the fact and idea that they can become amazing, right? Two, they don't believe it. Why? Because they're not out there taking action. They don't have resistance to coming against every day and having to improve their problem-solving capabilities and, and winning stuff. And so they lack belief. They lack confidence. And it's just negative flywheel. And so they stay at a place where their cap is whatever they're earning at their job, four grand a month. Versus having vision, stepping out, taking action, Meeting against resistance, failing as much as possible, as quick as possible, building that confidence, building that muscle. You get to a place where like me, dude, I remember as a missionary, my paycheck one time was $4.71 living in Europe. That doesn't go far, dude. (laughs) To where now I have companies, multiple companies doing millions of dollars. You know, like I wasn't born a genius. Dude, I had to freaking just put my head down and figure it out, man. And I think we do have the blessing of God. Totally. So uh, on the side of the vision, this is something that I see some people just have, right? And and everyone envy is even with our company, a lot of people think, man, I wish I could impact people the way that you are. I just, I just want that vision, something where I just know this is what I should do and I'll take action on it once I figure out, like once I'm passionate about it, I know this is my life's calling. And you talked about the fact that you don't want to just be working 10 years from now, just doing the same old grind. There's a bigger vision that you have that you've created. Even for guys that I know making a million dollars a month or more, sometimes it's they don't think about maybe even the next generation. They're just thinking about themselves getting by. I also know people that live off nothing. They have a company that allow them to live like the laptop lifestyle, but it's just allowing them to live their lifestyle. It's not going to impact their kids or anything like that. What, what have you done or what's been the progression of gaining the vision and how impactful has that been for you growing the business? Because it's hard just to do sell stuff, grow the company. If you don't know why, like what are you going towards? How do people get that, that thing that they're going towards that motivates them to, to build and grow? Yeah. Um, thank God for Jay Abraham, man. Cause 2018, I was burnt out and he was a huge help in this. Um, we, man, we were just doing things that we didn't love. We were, we had no boundaries. We would just take on anything and everything, deal with terrible clients. And I remember getting on the phone with him and he would be on the phone with me and Taylor and we would show up. We were just depressed. We just sounded terrible. Like our lives are awful. And he would just say, I remember him saying this clearly. He's like, uh, you guys know that you don't have to do that, right? I'm like, what? Revelation, you know? But 
really what it came down to is us getting in the lane to do things that we enjoy and that we love and that makes us happy. And I think that's where longevity comes. And if you're, if you're in the game for, for the long haul, you understand that your vision expands as you develop and you grow and you change as a person, your vision expands, but you have to buy yourself, afford yourself that opportunity. And that's being in the pocket where you're enjoying what you're doing day to day, week to week, month to month. And it's amazing. We coach, we've coached thousands of people at this point and it's, Everyone who is resisting or they're fighting against the stuff in their company that they just absolutely hate, they either cap themselves and their income or they're taken out of the game. Like they can't get past that. That conversation that Jay had with us, it's like, guys, you don't have to do that. You know, do what you love. Us having that same conversation um, with people, when they can't get past it, they get taken out or they just they stay where they are. And they don't evolve, they don't, they don't grow. And so I say that's the first thing is that you have to be in that enjoyment pocket. If you want to be in the game for the long term, find out what you love. And love, like that process only comes through action, comes through moving forward. You got to do things that you don't like sometimes to find out what you do like. And get clear on that. And then for me, man, it's, it's those three stages. Am I in survival mode? Am I in thrival, thriving mode? Or am I in impact mode? And I think your vision can align there. If, if someone's in survival mode, they've been scraping by for years like I was in every area of my life. Dude, it's just about not dying. Even when we started traveling funnels, man, it was just about, dude, I just want to tell you, I just want to pay my bills. Like, Because <laughs> I almost lost my house in foreclosure, man. It's like, that's, that was like the extent of my vision at that point. And then once we just started taking action and we got some momentum and success, you know, at that point, I afforded myself the opportunity through my work and diligence and consistency to see beyond just surviving and to thrive. It's like, okay, I can pay my bills. Now I can stack some money, right? Maybe go on a nice vacation. Babe, it would be awesome if we go to Turks and Caicos, right? And just the, the vision expanded. But if I wasn't in a place where I was enjoying what I was doing, then I wouldn't be able to get to the next stage. And so... For me, it's always about things now that are going to push me to become a better person. Chris 2.0. And so my income goals are higher. Do I need the money? No. But it's the process of me becoming a better person. To get that, to be able to impact that many people, to feed that many orphans, to help that many people get out of, you know, out of human trafficking, it's a requirement now right? for me to have bigger vision, higher targets, because of the person I have to become to get there. But if you're out of the game, man, you get taken out, you'll never even get to that point. So I'd say audit where you are, identify what you love, what you don't, and set targets for the stage that you're in. If you're in survival, like you're barely making it financially, obviously you got to lock that down, right? Get three to six months in the coffers, get your debt paid off, Right now you have relief. Now you have some confidence. Now you can move into that thriving area to where you can go on a two week vacation and be good. Right. And not be overrun with anxiety. So once you audit, then set vision for the next level. Then you, you find yourself at a place, man, where 
you realize that, that your potential, your capacity, if you stay on this journey is so much higher than where you currently are. And that's amazing. What you said was really good as well is that all of us getting into business, we all will do whatever, like for someone to be, Oh, I'm only going to do with the parts that I love. It's kind of impossible. Like you said, it takes taking action. I was the back end of our company when we first started three years, we never produced more than $2,500 in a month of sales. And we were just, my wife was like way better tech stuff. I was running the tech. She was the face. She was reading a webinar. I found her script last night, an entire webinar that was written out on a piece of paper. We used to plug the camera like this and say, oh man, the camera broke guys. And she used to read off her piece of paper and do the whole webinar. And through like taking action, we've kind of switched complete opposite roles. So that shows how back words we were with knowing what we were good at. And I thought she's hot. Like people should buy for my wife. Like why would they want to buy for me? And so you talked about if you're in debt and you don't have maybe six months of, of stored up income to be able to pay for your life, now it's time to like take action, freaking work hard, get past that. But with, the, with excitement, because you know you can graduate to that next state that you learned from Jay, which was you guys don't need to do that. Do the things that you actually enjoy or else you're going to be burnout. You're either going to get kicked out or capped because you just don't have that drive. What else did you learn from Jay that was monumental for you guys? Because obviously there's been a lot of growth since then. Jay actually spoke at our live event in 2018. I wouldn't, I bet that there's no way that we didn't have a conversation about you guys even actually, because right around the same time I was going to his office quite a bit and learning a lot from him. What else did you guys pick up? Because that was really good. Uh, One of the things that, you know, Jay is such a unique individual. Um, And one of the things that he really, I think discipled us in was the process of three-dimensional thinking. And Jay, in your experience, I'm sure you would test to this, is not a linear thinker. <laughs> like, he's like looking at it from all kinds of different angles and stuff. And that was one of the big things that I took away from him. And, you know, it's, it's not just one plus one is two. Right? There's so many different other equations and ways to look at the scenarios. And so now where it's contributing to, like you said before, you know, we've got these, these clients who they've come through our processes. They know how to make a lot of money. Now, what do they do with that money? Oh, well, one thing we could do is have a real estate investing company, right? So there's all different kinds of ways to, to scale and grow and expand. And people just limit themselves. They limit how they think and they keep themselves in a box. And versus, you know, one thing that I love about Jay is he loves different ideas, he loves perspective from different people just because it has the potential to expand his thinking. And so we've adopted that and we take that on, whether it's someone from our team, someone outside an article, always looking at other information, other inputs that could expand our ability to be a better thinker, decision maker, whether it's, you know, someone who could be offensive or not. Right. It's like we just put that stuff aside, especially in today's world, what's going on. I think it's, it's amazing the opportunity that we have. And I think people don't realize it, man. They're focused on the wrong thing. I was just talking to one of my teams yesterday about this, especially what's going on with COVID and the racial tension stuff. It's like this kind of stuff is what makes us great as a nation and people is we have so many different differences of opinions for me to get your perspective, your ideas for me to have that potential 
to potentially think a little bit differently, a little bit better, maybe grab something from you that you've thought about way deeper than I have and become a better thinker. And I think to have that opportunity and see it as an opportunity is pretty amazing. And I think people, entrepreneurs and stuff, you know, especially when they're in a day job or they're at a place where they're maybe capped, even if they're an entrepreneur, I think people don't realize the time that we live in. If you go back and you look at the time of the Rockefellers, you know, to start a business, you'd almost have to die, right? Or if you're going to take debt, if you defaulted on that debt, it would affect your family for generations. Or now you can freaking go take an idea, run in a Facebook ad, and find out immediately. You, maybe you spent $10. People don't understand the time, the season, the opportunity that we have. And, of course, they don't get to reap the rewards of that, right? Because they don't understand. They haven't taken the time to think differently. Think of like, oh, my God, we live in a time and an age. I know the media says all this stuff. But where opportunity is everywhere and it's abundant. And the risk, comparatively to past generations, is so small, man. So small. So that's one thing I've taken away from Jay. Boom. And in closing, you've worked with so many different people across the board, sales, marketing, investing. And uh, at the very beginning of the show, I talked about some of the ways that people could take advantage of some of your guys' free offers and some of the things you put together for the show, which I appreciate. What are some of the things that you see aren't working that well in this climate and some opportunities that have come up that you think are working well, whether it's a strategy like a digital event, well, we're throwing one here in the next couple of weeks or a, a actual industry like digital marketing probably, or, you know, web design for these companies that aren't even don't have any funnels, don't have any websites. What are some opportunities, good or bad that you see in this climate? Um, well, I think opportunities that are bad or where people are capped is being localized to one market um, where they can bring a lot of value to a lot of people around the world. You know, so people ask me, Chris, how's the business going you know, through Corona and stuff like that? I'm like, dude, we're actually growing. We're global. We're not limited to one market. And so I think a lot of people, they don't realize, again, opportunity because they're not looking. They're not searching. And so even people who are listening to this, who maybe they are in a local market, and they can identify people that um, maybe in another city that they could coach because they have a unique experience. They have a unique skill set that they can bring value to other people. And so we have a lot of people who have been experts, doctors and physicians and um, fitness people and people in local markets, real estate market, who have come in and we've helped them package their expertise into a sellable offer that they could do virtually. And I think that's where the opportunity is. People have an awareness of like, oh my God, I need to get virtual. <laughs> I need to not be locked in to being around people, especially when you have something like Corona. So I think that on the flip side is where the opportunity is to be able to take their expertise, take it to a global market and sell it, package it up. That's way more scalable. Um, and obviously, especially when you have a, a time now where a lot of companies have pulled back on their advertising spend. All of our numbers are up dude, because people are afraid to spend money. But we understand that now is the time to invest money into advertising because right? There's a lot less people who are putting money into ads. That means the cost is down. A lot of attention in the marketplace. So this is something that we help people out with. And 
I've, you know, they can jump on a free strategy session with our team and see if it might be a good fit for them or not. Thanks for listening. For more from Chris and Taylor, visit trafficandfunnels.com and get a free gift just for being a subscriber. That's trafficandfunnels.com.